Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Good evening. Welcome to the Combat Sports Show on Monday, April 16th. We had two good two good cards over the weekend. We had a, a UFC fight night and a Bellator card we'll go over. Uh, how you doing, Brian? How was your weekend? Very good, Jason. How how was yours? Uh, very relaxing. Got to spend time with the boys this weekend. Um, watched the fights and watched some good basketball. Watched the Warriors kick the dog shit out of San Antonio for game one. They got game two on yep. tonight at 7.30. So that means we and will be wrapping things up by 7.25, folks. <laughs> Well, I mean, if we have to go in extra longer, we can go in extra long, but it is what it is. And it kind of looks yeah. like my bet taking, well, 76 uh, is against me by. What's that? Our non MMA bet. Yeah, our non MMA bet. This is going into the basketball playoff, which is, if our listeners don't know, me and Brian watch a wide variety of sports. We're both baseball fans. We're both football fans. I'm more of a basketball fan than Brian is. Brian kind of catches it when the playoffs hit. So, I watched at least six full games this year, so that's probably double what I watched last year. I've caught almost every Warriors game this year. Nice. I don't watch um, a lot of the baseball games just because there's so many of them and they're on almost every night. It kind of gets boring after a while. Yeah. So, but of course, no, this you know, is now good. We had a, yeah, we had a good bet. You know, you took um, Philadelphia for going to the finals. I said um, of, Cleveland's going to do it. Out of the out east. east. Let's... My final and I'm, bet. My, just let everyone know my. Uh, so we bet twenty bucks, and my finals bet is the Warriors and Philadelphia. And all, all I took was one team. I took uh, Cleveland making it out of the East. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're just hoping either I win or you win, or if someone else makes it, neither one of us have to pay up anything. Yep. But, it, but we made another bet. I think we bet a large pizza on something. Yeah, I lost track. Hmm. I, all I remember is the $20 bet. But that's going to be a tough one for the Warriors to come out as good as Houston's playing right now. Yeah. Even though I watched that Houston game last night against Minnesota – Seriously thought Minnesota was going to pull that one out. I really did. That was a close game, yeah. I mean, Houston pulled away. I think they ended up beating them by nine. But Houston pulled away, at the, you know, in the closing, in about the closing minute, 45 seconds of the game, they kind of pulled away from it a little bit. But Philadelphia or uh, Minnesota was actually hanging tough with them 
all game long. Actually, they were up by as much as six points in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, that's true. That was that was a tough one, you know. And Harden had to score forty four points for them to win. Yeah, for, yeah. I mean, the thing is, what they what people need to do is Harden's going to. James Harden's going to go off. He's going to get his points no matter what. He's just mm-hmm. that dynamic of a player. He's If he does not win the MVP this year, I'm going to be shocked. So you've just got to shut down the rest of the team, and hopefully it's enough. It's kind of like, you know, with the Warriors. I mean, but the Warriors have got more weapons. The Warriors have got Clay Thompson who can go off at any night. Um, Durant can go off at any night. When Steph Curry comes back, he can go off at any point. So the Warriors will have more weapons. It's just they don't have that dynamic player like James Harden. That's true. But, you know, we'll see as these – you know, we'll see. I want to see what the Warriors are going to look like when Steph Curry comes back in round two. If – they can get out of San Antonio. I mean, that's yeah, not an easy cast. They beat them up game pretty one, good in game one. Yeah, but game one, you know, that's just game one. A lot of series, a lot of these guys, I, I don't know what the numbers are. I, I bet it's not that far off. The guys, the team that wins game one does not always win the series, no matter how they win it. I don't think it's 50-50, but, you know, you win game one, you got a pretty – better than average chance of winning the series, but not always. So you never want to count San Antonio out or anybody in the playoffs. Well, and so this is my prediction for tonight. The Warriors, if, I wouldn't say it's a must win, but you're going to feel a lot better about yourself having to go to San Antonio for two games. If the Warriors are up too yeah. low, okay, then you just hope for a split and bring them back to Oakland. Because San Antonio, they don't play – this year they have not played well on the road. San Antonio is 38 and seven, or 32 and 7, kind of That's, saying they're uh, – and the Warriors haven't won in San Antonio in quite a long time. Really? Not an easy place to play. Now their no. team is a lot older than the Warriors. But you also have Greg Popovich as their head coach, which is one of the best head coaches to ever coach the game of basketball. Yes. So, the the Warriors, I would feel a lot better tonight they win going to San Antonio for two games, being up 2-0. I, I get it. So you can get you can get one hopefully get one game in San Antonio, come back three one, and all you have to do is win because I don't like the I don't like the basketball schedule. You know it's, you know baseball I'm I love the the two the three the two right? yeah two three the two three two format in basketball it's two two one one one. So the home team gets two games. The away team gets two games. Then it goes back to the favorite team, back on the road, 
back home. It's it's a weird setup. It is, isn't it? It's it's strange the way they do that. I mean, I think it would be less in airfare, less in hotel rooms. I mean, I just think it would be a lot less for the organization if you go to a two three two format. Mhm. But you know, that's me. Who yeah. am I? I'm just a fan. I guess my yeah. word means nothing, but to me, it just makes <laughs> more sense. So, let's talk, before we talk too much basketball here, let's talk a little bit about Bellator first. 197 this weekend was a pretty good card. I thought it was a very good card. Yeah, and they started off, um, on the on the description I told everybody, they started off with a second-generation fighter. That means the son of somebody, obviously, or daughter. And that was Kevin Ferguson Jr. He took on Devin Brock, who, as they, they told us on the show, plus we all know, Devin Brock actually beat uh, Ronnie J- Gracie. Uh, Ronnie, if, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, I might not be. <clears throat> he is actually a son of who, Jason? Hoist Gracie. Yes. And Devin Brock beat him in his first fight, his first pro fight. Kevin Ferguson comes out and basically just destroyed Devin Brock. So, but who, but to give our listeners a little bit of a background. Yes. Who was the second generation fighter? Well, the second generation fighter that won is the one I was talking about. Not, uh, I, like I said, the emergence of the second-generation fighter. That would be Kevin Ferguson Jr. Um, A.J. McKee also is the second-gen, and he's very, very good. But Kevin Ferguson, basically, he really made a statement in that win. He didn't go out and get a decision. Um, nothing against Justin Lawrence. He was a tough fucker, the guy that A.J. McKee fought. That guy, for having a mullet like he did, he sure was tough. That was a much better fight, too, but... Um, Ferguson came out, landed a big right hand, and then su- submitted Brock and made it look yeah. easy. I mean, 30, 38, 39 seconds, under 45 seconds, I'm sure. Um, what a, I mean, what a showing. And he, now granted, his dad mm-hmm. fought in, he was a heavyweight, if, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. You are mistaken. Where did he fight at? What weight class? Heavyweight. That's what I just said, right? Yeah, I was just messing with you. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, we, all know, we all know Kimbo Slice, yeah. Yeah. Baby Slice yeah. in that fight. Now, granted, this is the first time I've seen him fight. Okay. And I was expecting him to have a similar fight style to his father. A what? His dad. A very similar uh, similar fight style to his dad. Did you say similar? His dad was just a brawler. Did you say similar? No, similar. similar. Not similar. You said similar. Why? Right? Shut up. No, that okay. was the Coors Light talk. 
That was the Coors Light gotcha, talking. That gotcha. wasn't me. Okay, that's what I would say too. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm with you though. When I first saw um, Kevin Junior, I thought he would be the same uh, style, and he absolutely is not. Well, I mean, he's got he's got he's got a great he's got a very good stand up game like his dad did. Mm-hmm. What took me yeah. is when he got him to the ground, and he took that rear naked choke like that. I'm like, oh whoa, we yeah, a it didn't take him long at all. No, and I'm and thinking, okay. Yeah. This is a guy in Devin Clark that actually last, went on the ground with Gracie, you know, the famed Gracie's, and had no issues. Uh, Kevin Ferguson Jr. got him down and immediately submitted him. That's saying something. I mean, he – now, I like what the announcer said on that. That was such a well-timed rear naked choke that you would ever see. Yeah. You could not time that any better. I mean, no, everything it was, it just was very fell, Everything fell right into his lap. It, I, I mean, now I don't know if he planned it to go that way. He, of course, he says he will, but he and ran with it and gone in just the blink of an eye. I mean, I had to go back yeah. and rewind it because I it. I happened to turn my head and talking to a buddy of mine, and the fight was over with. My buddy goes, did you see that? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, the <laughs> fight's over. I'm like, what? You know, sometimes when they get to the ground, okay, you know, they're, they're kind of stuck down there, and it kind of goes into limbo for a little while. Yeah. Not that one. So I was nope, thinking, not like, okay, he's, He's a little more well-rounded than his father. Kimbo actually reminded me just—he reminded me of just a big bruiser. Yeah, um, Kevin Junior has had more time to train Kimbo. You know, he was a brawler, and he basically came up the street, started training with Boss Rutten, and jumped right into MMA. He didn't really, at, especially at his age. He didn't have time to really fix up his game to MMA. He just came in as a brawler, had some pretty good takedown defense, and some very, very good matchmaking, to be honest. Um, when he came in in Elite XC and all that, they paired him with guys that would just stand and brawl. They didn't want to give him guys that were going to take him down. And then he got an ultimate fighter and got kind of – not that he was a bad fighter, but he got exposed for – for, you know, not really being an, a full, well-rounded MMA fighter. Well, his son, if he keeps going now, I, I know his son's very, I mean, what's his record? Is it what, what is he, 2-0 oh, or 2-1? 3-1. Um, he's very new to the MMA game. What I mm-hmm. saw, I want to see more, I, I want to start watching more of his fights. Definitely. He's he's going to be headlining in another fight or two. Hmm. Now, if he keeps, say, doing what he's doing now, do you think it would, do you think it'll be long before MMA tries to give him a contract or not MMA? I'm sorry. UFC tries to give him a contract. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, 
if he keeps this up and he wants to go explore his options, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, I, I, I would mean, probably, well, I, I, I would like to see him get at least four, four more fights in with Bellator, you know, um, build up the skill level of his opponents a little and see where he is. Not again, not taking anything away from Devin Clark or Brock. I'm sorry. I keep saying Clark. I, I don't know why I'm doing that. Um, not, not taking anything away from Devin Brock. Obviously that guy is pretty skilled. I mean, he beat Gracie and that's no joke. Anytime you beat a, an actual Gracie member, family member, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, how many, not to get off, how many Gracies were there? About 700. How many in the fighting world, actually, that, that, are, that are well known? Oh, is there? About 700. Not really oh. that many, but it just seems like they're all Gracies. Holy shit. I mean, we all started with Hoist, but Alio, Helio was the first one way back in the day in Brazil. He learned jiu-jitsu from a, a Japanese. Um, I don't know what the guy was doing in Brazil, but there is a, a great deal of Japanese people in Brazil. So this guy was down there, and I forget his name. Forgive me. He was down in Brazil. Helio learned jiu-jitsu from this guy. Helio was not the biggest guy in the world, but he could actually – he had fights with these huge monster guys two, three-hour fights where he was on the bottom getting beat up the whole time, and he would come back and win near the end. He did lose fights, though. Elio did lose fights. He was not undefeated. Um, but after a while, they developed this into their own style of jiu-jitsu, named it, obviously, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And once um, Horion, Elio's son, Helio, he moved into the United States, started training people. Um, Helio, or Horion actually was the choreographer of Lethal Weapon, the first Lethal Weapon, if you remember that fight, or that movie. Great movie. They used a lot of jiu-jitsu yep. in it, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Remember, you know, Mel Gibson took the guy down, mounted him, used the chokes and all that. It was very interesting. We didn't know it at the time, but it's very interesting. And eventually they got around to forming the UFC. They were going to have Hickson fight. Hickson was another son. And, well, Hickson was a was he a son or a grandson? I believe Hickson was a, a grandson of Helio. Maybe a son. I don't know, man. I, the family tree is huge. They had like eight eight kids. Anyway, he was going to fight in the UFC, but I believe what the story is is they thought Hickson was probably too good, and they wanted to highlight the jiu-jitsu a little bit differently, so they brought in Hoist. And Hoist was, as you know, 178, 180 pounds going against these monsters, you know, 230, 260-pound guys. And Hoist dominated for, for years. Yeah, he did. But, yeah, and then they had they brought in Henzo, who's a Gracie, but he's a cousin. Um, Hoyler. It doesn't matter. The Gracie name has gone through MMA. Son eventually did fight over in Japan in Pride. Um, there's a very famous Gracie challenge they put out that anybody that would come into their gym and beat them, they, it was $100,000. If you can go into a, wow. one of the Gracie gyms and beat them, they'll give you a hundred grand. Nobody did, apparently. But that was in their gym behind closed doors. Uh, there was this Japanese wrestler that had been talking 
bad about Hickson. Now, Hickson, he's the best fighter in the family. He's just a badass. His record is supposedly around 500 no, but that's, no, but that's not really a, you know, 500 no. But anyway, he, he was a badass. This is a great fighter. Hickson is a great fighter. Much more imposing than Hoyt. Bigger, stronger. Just an all, I mean, this guy can do it all. And this Japanese fighter, wrestler fighter, and as you know, wrestling in Japan is different from our wrestling. It's uh, much more realistic. These guys, they call it shoot wrestling. For most of it was real. Um, a lot of the shoot wrestlers formed this organization called Pancrate, which was hybrid fighting, hybrid wrestling. That means they, they do all the grappling, but open hand strikes, no punching. But you can still kick people. Um, a little bit different, right? Anyway, this guy came into the gym to fight to challenge Hickson, and they went behind closed doors and they filmed it, but nobody really got the film. Um, Hickson just fucked that guy up within an inch of his life. Apparently, they they told people, you know, you come in. I I forget what the saying is now. Hold on. Um, what is that? There was a saying. Oh, shit. Oh, man. I, I forget what the saying for that was. It was really cool. It was basically they were saying, you know, if you're honorable, I'll let you tap out. If not, I'll stop when I feel like stopping. Something like that. <laughs> and Yeah, it was the case of the second, the latter, where, where Hickson didn't stop until he was done. I yeah, mean, it was. You, you gave us enough background on that. I mean, so Baby Slice's competitor that beat a Gracie name—that's nothing to be. Yeah. That's a no, very very any, good victory. Any, yeah, anytime you beat one of the actual Gracies, that's a big deal. I mean, it just—it really is. Well, that's why I wanted you to give us a little, you know, a little insight because you know a lot more than I do on the Gracie name that, I mean, it, you go in and beat a Gracie, that, that's a very good mark on your resume. Yes. And I are huge. I mean, I was a big fan of Kimbo. I loved Kimbo. I loved watching him fight. The dude. He was supposedly this big old thug from the streets of Miami, but when he when he was fighting, when he was there, when he how he presented himself was absolutely nothing like what the hype was. He was not like that. He was a, a very very much a family man, and you listen to his son talk about him at any point, you'll get that right away. Um, Kimbo was you know he wasn't the best fighter in the world, but he he was great. He was great for TV and everything. Um, I'm, I'm very much, and I know Jason is too, very much a fan of Junior, and we're, we're really looking forward to watching his career. Oh, I am. I, you know, like I said, that was the first fight I've seen uh, Baby Slice fight in, and mm-hmm. I became an instant fan. I'm like, I need to watch more of this guy. Yes, definitely. Kind of like going... Now, um, I became a big fan when I went down to that Bellator event. Now, he got a lot of run because he fights out of San Jose. But, um, Patricky Pitbull. Oh, yeah. 
I got to see him fight live. And that guy's a beast. So anytime he's on a Bellator card, I'm always going to chime in. But, I mean, mean, this kind of goes back, okay, you called me the other day and I was driving with uh, one of my best friends, my next door neighbor. Yeah. And he's more of a boxing guy. I mean, he'll sit there and he'll he'll talk boxing with the best of them. And he's 48. So, you know, he's seen a lot of the, you know, his favorite guy was Sugar Ray Leonard. That's how I got into boxing was because of my dad. My dad's favorite fighter was Sugar Ray. So we mm-hmm. can, he can sit there and talk about boxing all the time. And he's not really what you want to call a big MMA fan, casual fan, as you would say, right? Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you if I would show him that fight with Baby Slice, he would say the same thing I. I kind of turned an instant fan. I like his fighting style. Good stand-up. And he brought something in to his fight that his dad never had. He's got good. He's got a good ground game. Yes. Even though, I mean, now this is kind of more UFC related. I know UFC wants strikers. That's basically they, just. They seem to, yeah. I mean, haven't you noticed that it's kind of like steering towards that where the majority much, of yeah. your UFC your UFC fights are more more or less stand up game anymore. Yeah. Which really sucks because I like seeing the ground game. A lot of people don't because it gets boring. It gets stagnant at times during a fight. But they call it mixed martial arts for you know, for something. You could take a very good striker and put him in uh, put him in the octagon with a Gracie that's got very good ground game. You you get taken to the ground, you're done. But I I like I I, I just like the art of fighting. Yeah. I mean, don't no. get me wrong. Do I like to see a bloodshed in the octagon? Oh. Just like everyone else does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind I like of a good indifferent stri- on the blood thing. Well, what I mean by a bloodshed, do I like to see a guy get his ass completely whooped? Where, you know, say, say a guy takes a flying, you know, a flying knee right to the jaw, knocks him to the ground, you, got, you get some good ground in town and the guy's out? And the guy's bleeding like a stuck pig. Yeah, I don't mind seeing that. That's it's actually good for the sport. It gets you know that's what people want to see. But I do love the technical side of MMA, where that basically all turns into a mind game at that point. Yeah. And we'll cover that in a minute. But the the main event of this same Bellator event. I thought it was a good fight. The other guy just didn't have, he just wasn't that well-rounded yet. But we'll, we'll get into that in a minute when we get to the main event of this fight. 
Yeah. The guy that lost. But, you know, he yeah, hasn't no, had that many points yet. After Ferguson, they brought in Logan Storley and Joaquin Buckley. And Story won with a decision. Um, a fairly lopsided decision. I mean, he, he dominated that fight. Now, the next one, A.J. McKee, the son of, of uh, Antonio McKee. Um, A.J. McKee, he won a hard-fought fight. I thought this was a good fight against Justin Lawrence. Now, A.J. Yeah, was a bit was better. Yeah, he was a bit better everywhere, but that was a tough fight. You know, I liked that fight. I thought it was a great fight. Yeah. And then we got the main event, which was, you know, the main event was originally Chandler versus Primus for his title. I say his title because if you watch the the first fight, Chandler injured his leg by nothing from Primus. Primus did nothing to him to make him injure the leg. Chandler stepped funny, uh, fucked up his ankle big time, and was mad that they stopped the fight just because he couldn't stand on one leg. Uh, That dude's just crazy tough. And I believe, not that Primus is bad, I'm just saying, he, in my eyes, he's not the real champion until he actually beats the champion, and that wasn't just beating the champion. So let's see Primus actually beat Michael Chandler, and then we'll we'll go from there. Well, now, the way that fight started, um, they, well, they stopped the fight because he, he got poked in the eye. But if you mm-hmm. go back and watch it, he rolled that he rolled that same ankle again. They thought they were yeah. in for another they thought they were in for another deal like he you know, when he was fighting uh Primus. What did they get? Five minutes to recover? Yes. And he came back out and it was fine. He he was limping a little bit for the first you know, for I I don't know, maybe the first minute after but then everything was fine. He did, he didn't roll it as bad as he did during the during that previous fight. But I didn't know any of that until I was watching it, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. You got weak ankles, dude. <laughs> no, it just depends. I mean, sometimes you step funny. It really, I mean, it could happen anywhere, especially if um, this this is from somebody that's actually sprained their ankle. I broke my ankle a long time ago, uh, fractured it. Well, uh, baseball. I and never broke from then on, ankle, yeah, but I have talking. to wear, like, when I'm working or deer hunting, right. I have to wear higher boots because of the ankle support. My ankles are weak. Quiet, quiet. There's adults talking here. <laughs> you fucking dick. <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, it, it is. It happens. And when I fractured mine, from then on, I've been very prone to spraining it at weird times if I don't if I said you know one time I fucking stepped in a pothole and and sprained it yeah yeah deer hunting I or, was, you know basically mountain hiking for anybody else if you don't hunt you're out in the hills you never know when you're going to step on this one rock that makes you roll your ankle you know you want some support but in fighting well, there's that's no why, support well that's why I wear you know when I go hunting or when I'm you know actually working which that yeah. hasn't happened since late September, but we don't have to go into that right now. Um, no. I wear boots with very good ankle support. Yeah. First time I rolled my ankle, my, it, my, I didn't fracture it or break it, 
But when you got like I guess what they call a high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. that thing swelled up the size of a pumpkin. Yeah, it hurts. And people where don't know. I did if you it haven't at, done it. It really hurts. And where I did it at was kind of embarrassing. I was Christmas shopping. Yeah. And I was with my ex-wife. We were at the mall in Santa Rosa. And, of course, the uh, the escalators weren't working, so you, you had to use an actual, like, step. What well, wasn't working? And I was the escalator. The automatic the what? stairs. What's, what are you saying? The escalator. <laughs> the automatic stairs, fucker. Yeah, I'm just, I know what they are. I'm just amazed that your um, pronunciation of the word. Okay. Go on. Whatever. Okay. They weren't, they weren't working. Yeah. And I was, like, I, I was walking down them. I was just wearing a pair of tennis shoes. And oh, I no. stepped wrong. I, I stepped wrong. And yeah. And I heard a pop. So oh, shit. Really? I thought I busted something up pretty bad. So I went to the fucking yeah. I went to the doctor the next day. They they took an x-ray of it. No, you just got a really bad ankle sprain. How did you do it? And I told them and they laughed and Yeah. But yeah. Did you finish I, your shopping trip? Yeah, I won't tell you how I finished it out, but yeah, I finished it. Did you get a wheelchair at the mall? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, that's funny. Well, fuck you! I couldn't walk. No, no, it's I true. It's no really hard. No, I, you know I what's worse? I couldn't put no pressure on it, and it was no three days before I could actually stand up and put pressure on it. You know, the worst part, the absolute worst part of an ankle sprain is the next day when mm-hmm. you stand up for the first time after sleeping. When you finally get some sleep, you know, you have ice on it and whatnot. Um, you take your Advil. That's the best thing anyway, ice, Advil, and elevation. Well, they don't tell you that when you're elevated, you know, all the blood's rushing from it, so the swelling goes down. But also, when you stand up, all that blood goes straight to it, and it just throbs. It hurts so oh. bad for about okay, a minute. I didn't elevate it. I, I, I never elevated it. got to elevate that thing, man. Well, no, but what I did is I just... Um, this was right after my visectomy. Your what? I still had all the throat. My visectomy when I got cut. Your bisectomy? Vi, V, V, fucker. V is in Victor. Visectomy. Oh, oh, vasectomy. The vasectomy. Gotcha, gotcha. So we still had Dude, all the throat. You're talking tonight. Holy shit. I am not. So we still had all those frozen vegetables in the freezer. Yeah, they come so in what handy, my, they? Well, they did at this point. So what What yeah. my ex-wife did is she, she wrapped my ankle, completely encased it in frozen vegetables, and took a um, an ace bandage. Oh, nice. You know, just like you see pitchers do with their elbow and ice. She did that to yeah. my ankle, and I left it there. I don't know, for a couple hours. And then I was taking, you know, the um, ibuprofen for the um, the anti-inflammatory. But, yeah, you're right. That next morning I thought, oh, you know, no big deal. 
<laughs> stepped on it yeah. and rolled it again. <laughs> fucking rolled it again. I'm like, fucking kidding oh, me. Yeah, you about scream that first time you step on it. When all the blood rushes to it and you really feel it, man, that hurts. Well, see, but like I said, I didn't keep it elevated, so all the blood was still there. Mm-hmm. But it was badly, um, I it was sprung enough that my ankle wasn't having no weight. And I'm not that heavy. I'm only 145, 150 pounds. I'm not like you. Yeah. Were two, you know, you're 260. Hey, I'm not, I'm not even 200, you fuck. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I know what you mean about a fucking ankle sprain. <laughs> Those things, you know. Yeah, that, you, you, that's you kind of think you're manly. You kind of think you're manly, and um, you think it's broken, and you need to amputate your foot and everything else, and all you do is just have a little ankle sprain. Yeah, I know. You get to the doctor, you're like, Man, they're gonna tell me that thing's broken in ten places, and they're no, you just right. you just strain the ligament, you just pull the ligament, <laughs> you know, you stretch it out. You're like, what? And my and my, and my ex-wife was like, you had to get a wheelchair for this. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's it's really no joke. Um, like you see, like and back to MMA, we see Michael Chandler do it and keep on fighting. Um, mm-hmm. I've done it. I've sprained my ankle maybe seven times besides the first fracture. And to be honest, anytime I flex it now, it still hurts. But I could feel it when I sprain it. I am pretty much down for the day, at least a day. Um, I'm not going to do anything. I have to sit and rest. Um, I don't know how he continued to fight on it. That's crazy because it hurts so bad. Um, I assume if you're fighting, um, you've got a little extra adrenaline than a rather lot than more. playing a yeah, it's not like playing a regular sport. Not that that's not a sport, but um, it's not like playing baseball or something, you know, where you have time to think. You're not going to get hurt while it's sprained. You're fighting and it's sprained and you're, you're vulnerable. You, your adrenaline's really going to start pumping on top of what it's already pumping at. And you, you're, you're, you're going to know it, but you're not going to feel it maybe as much for a while. Um, again, I've never been in that position. Uh, the fights or even the boxing matches that I've been in have not had that kind of an injury. I did, I did, however, get hit below the belt one time twice in one boxing match, a sparring match, sorry. And really, I to be honest with you, it hurt, but I didn't feel it until afterwards. I knew he did it, and, but also the fact that he wasn't swinging full power, so that might have been that, – that probably would have put me down. But I did feel it, and afterwards, you know, I was obviously in some pain for a couple of days, but it didn't stop. Now, let's go back to the MMA aspect. Yeah. Yeah, we say, okay, how is he fighting after rolling an ankle? And, of course, you yeah. come to find out he was fine. It, it, he, did, he just kind of, like, just landed wrong a little bit, maybe just tweaked it. But mm-hmm. how many times have you seen – and we didn't know it until the next day, or a fighter breaks a leg. You know, not all that often. I know, um, but it's happened, it's happened a few times. Yeah. Not many. But they're sitting there fighting on a broken leg. Yeah, not all that often. 
usually it, it ends up being something like the Rory McDonald leg where the swelling is so grotesque. You just you have to believe it's broken. And like your injury, it, it swelled up. It looks like you got a baseball hanging out your ankle. Turns out, no, right. no it's just a, it's a little sprain. Um, it's weird how that can happen. I, I don't understand it. Uh, I'm not a medical doctor, obviously, um, even though I play one on the radio. It's so weird that your body can swell up so much with a little sprain and a broken bone. Like when Paige Van Zandt broke her arm, nobody knew. You couldn't see anything. There was no swelling. There was nothing. Now, okay, you, this kind of goes back. Now it's not a leg or an ankle, uh-huh. but a broken arm. She finished mm-hmm. the fight with a broken yeah. arm. That she broke. Was it in the now, second round or first round that she broke it? It was the first round. I can't wasn't remember it? what, but it went the distance. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was a three or a five rounder. So she only went maybe a round and a half or a Two round rounds. or whatever it was. But she finished the fight with a broken arm. I think it was after the first round they talked about it in between. I kind of knew something was going on. I didn't know it was broken because after that round was over, I walked out and did what I had to do and came back in. But you Mm -hmm. can see her favoring that arm. I'm like, something ain't right. And then, of course, at the end of the fight, they say, yeah, and, you know, the next day, oh, Paige's, you know, Paige's arm's broke. But I remember... I don't know if the guy's leg was broke. I don't think it was. But it was actually here in a past event we were watching. And he took so many leg kicks. I mean, his leg was, I mean, he couldn't even, he couldn't even put pressure on it. He ended up winning the fight. But they had to bring a chair out for him to do, you know, the announcement at, at the end of the fight with the um, ring announcers and all that. He had to sit on a chair. You recall yeah. that fight? It might have been the one I just mentioned with Rory McDonald. Um, I don't think it was broke, but man, he took so many leg kicks that his yeah. leg was just swelled up. Wait a minute, no, he actually lost that fight. They actually stopped that fight, I think. Then I'm, I'm not. I can't remember which one at that point, but yeah, I'd have to go look that fight back up. But his leg was nasty. You would, you would have thought it was broke. But I guess he just took so much punishment to the lower thigh and the knee area, it would just swelled up like a balloon. Yeah. It's amazing how that can happen. And all it was, he just had all his muscles, I guess, just swelled up. He, they just couldn't take no more. I mean, his, his leg was about as red as a goddamn uh, fire engine. <laughs> Move on to the UFC. Before we go on to this next was, weekend's card. This was a very good card. The Bellator card was great. This UFC card was also very good. Um, now, I watched a little bit of the Fight Pass prelims. So, I did catch the Yushinokami fight versus Diego Lima, um, Douglas Lima's brother, Douglas of Bellator. And Okami just completely dominated that fight. That was a, a typical Yushin Okami fight where he dominated the uh, the grappling exchanges, uh, and which was to be expected. 
that's that's his game. He's he's got a stifling ground game. I mean, he's just he'll tear you up. Man. And what the fuck was that? Oh, I opened my fireplace. Okay. Gotcha. Now the next one, Lauren Mueller versus Shayna Dobson. That was a very close fight. Um, Lauren won the fight. I kind of like the other women's fight. I was a bit on the other side of the fence. I actually thought Shayna Dobson won that fight. Um, it was good and it was close. But I thought Shayna was landing the more effective striking, and she just seemed a little bit, a little crisper, a little better fighter all around. Um, she did take some big shots. Lauren, don't get me wrong, that was a good fight. It was a close fight. So, basically, however you scored it, you're not wrong. I just thought Shayna won it. Um, good fight. That was a fun, all stand-up, but it was a fun one to watch. That was a real good, a real good, exciting fight. And then, of course, we had the big knockout. Jason, you might have seen this. Gilbert Burns. Burns. Excuse me, I versus Dan Morant. Oh, you haven't seen the highlight, man. It was nasty. Gilbert hit him, and Dan landed with one leg one way and the other leg under him. It looks like he was pointing something out with his other arm. It was just nasty, and Gilbert just walked away because he knew it. That was a, that was a crazy knockout. See, any of the prelims. Okay, okay. So, next fight was a good close one. Brad Tavares versus Christoph Joko. That was a fairly good fight. It was uh, Brad was landing pretty good. Joko is good. He's got good kicks, good punches. He just wasn't really letting loose. Um, and Brad's a good fighter. He's been around for a while. And at the very end of round three, well, not the end of round three, but the end of the fight, you know, last round, about midway through the round, so getting up on it. Brad finally got the knockout, the TKO. It was a good fight there. Um, this one I was really looking forward to, John Moraga versus Wilson Hayes. That was a fun one. I thought Wilson was actually going to win, to be honest. Um, but John John Moraga got the Muslim Selikov defeated Ricky Rainey by knockout. Um this is the one. Ricky was a, a late replacement, and Muslim was, you know, this is another Dagestani guy. He looked kind of like Gegard Mousasi. He was not really there. He, he didn't look like he was into the fight at all. He's just kind of, you know, plodding along, plodding along. But when he threw something, he, whether it be a spinning kick or punches, he fucking threw it, and he knocked him out. He knocked Ricky Rainey out in the second round. It was like, holy shit. This guy's a killer, but you can't tell he's a killer by his face. He just looks like it's another day at the office. Right. That was crazy, yeah. And then, of course, the main event of the prelims, Antonio Carlos Jr. took on Tim Bosch, who we talked about last week. You know, Tim Bosch, he wins these fights. He has absolutely no business winning. But this fight, he, he just couldn't do it. Uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. submitted him in the first round and just completely dominated that fight. 
So now we get on the main card. The first fight, Jason, what did you think of this first fight, Michelle Waterson and Courtney Casey? You know, I was up on the fence with this fight. Um, and if Courtney Casey could have kept this fight upright, she dominates this fight. Yes. Because that's what she did. She, when, when it was stand-up, Michelle had nothing for her because she's so much smaller than Casey. She did have that one pretty sidekick, though. No, she did, but for the most part, um, Casey dominated the stand-up. Yes. But you have to give it up for Michelle to get the fight to the ground. And that's where I had it scored a little differently. Mm -hmm. I had it two rounds to one, Casey. Now, Michelle ends up winning the you know, she wins the decision. But I guess she won it on her ground game. That was a split I thought Casey too. did enough in the stand-up to win the fight. That's my opinion. Uh, I, You know, I understand that because effective striking was definitely Courtney's. Um, Michelle didn't land anything, even in the takedowns that hurt Courtney or even came close. And she just got positions. Uh, but her her control time on the ground was very good for one, and for two, what was she four for four in her takedown? Yes, she Something was. Ridiculous. Yeah, she was perfect yeah. in her takedown. It's hard to. That's a tough fight. Um, Courtney obviously did better standing, but couldn't stop her from getting her to the ground. And even though Courtney was going for submissions, she never came close on one. She kind of almost no. got the arm bar in around three, but then Michelle rolled a little bit and got out of it. Um, that was the closest she came. It was, man, that was a tough fight to score. It really was. I mean, if you would tell me Michelle won that fight, I can't argue. Yeah. If someone wants to tell me Casey won that fight, I can't argue. I think it was that close. I had Casey winning the fight. Think her, I she won it by her stand up. Mm-hmm. But if Michelle, like everyone thought, won the fight, like the judges thought, she won it on her ground game. So yes, that's what I call a great MMA fight. You got one fighter that wants to win it, you know, wants to keep the fight upright. You got Michelle Waterson that wants to get the get the fight to the ground to gain her advantage with. The height difference. The height difference. But it was a good, good fight all the way around. That, yeah. To me, that's MMA. It showed a lot of everything. It good did, ground it really game did. by one. Good stand up by another. And the fighter that I thought lost the fight ends up winning the fight. So, but it was it was close enough. You can't argue who won. No. That's, I mean, that's just uh, my opinion. I mean, who no, did you very, think very, won? I thought Michelle won the fight, to be honest with you. I didn't like it, but uh, that's what I thought. 
I thought Casey would have won it, but that's where I, you know, that goes back to what I just said. There's yeah, I, equal I was, arguments on both sides of the fence. Yeah, I was rooting Casey, don't get me wrong. Um, I really wanted Michelle, or Courtney Casey to win that fight. Um, that's who I was rooting for. But it doesn't happen. Michelle. Now, what do you think of this? Uh, I was reading about this on MMA Junkie, and they are predicting Michelle versus Felice Herrig is the fight to make, even though Michelle's coming off a win. Felice dominates this fight. I think so. Felice will not be taken down as easy. No. He's got and great stand-up takedowns. Yeah, and great takedowns. I think Felice takes that fight. I do, too. I, I, and this is just me. I, this, she takes that fight hands down. Yeah. But, of course, I said that about this fight, too. I, I said there's no way Courtney Casey loses this fight, and look what happens. So, here we go again. This is MMA. Anything can happen. Yes. Yes. And all it takes, and we see this in boxing all the time, one small slip-up fight can be over one with good on takedown. both sides. Yeah. One well-timed takedown could change the whole fight. Yep. And that's what it's to do. You know, after Casey got taken down in that first round, Casey was clobbering her, hitting her, hitting her, hitting her. Then she got taken down, and you saw the look on Casey's face go from very, very sure of herself to all of a sudden, hey, she can take me down. She didn't know what to do. But I have to give it up for Michelle. She, I didn't really think this at first. She's got a better chin than I, shot, than I thought she had. Yeah, she took good shots, didn't she? She, take, she took some decent shots. I wouldn't say they were great shots. Yeah, she took some decent shots. I mean, but there was no bloodshed. It wasn't. Nope. They weren't like really perfectly timed hits, like where she maybe a broken nose or a small cut above the eye. But she took enough of them, and the karate hottie just stood there and took them until she saw the opening to take her down. So Michelle's got a better she's got a better chin than what I thought. Yeah. Now is compared to Courtney, does Herrick have more power than Casey Courtney does? Well, Felice beat Casey Courtney when they fought, but that was a very, very close fight also. So I don't know that Felice has more power. I think she's just as strong and is a little faster and more polished than Casey, to be honest. Hmm. I would like to see that Felice has been in the game a lot longer. Yeah, I would like to see that fight, to be honest with you. And as old, I'm not saying old, I mean, what's Felice's age? She's what, early, early 30s? 33, okay. Early 30s? Compared to Michelle Watterson, what is she, 24, 25? Maybe younger? Yeah, no. Michelle's older, too. She's 
she's not a spring chicken. But at 33, excuse me, police has surprised me. There was actually a fight, I want to say, last year that you and I bet on. I can't remember what the bet was. And you said, no, police is going to take her. And she was fighting an, uh, an up-and-comer, I want, to, I, I, I want to believe. One of my other yep. favorite female fighters. Yeah, it was um, – oh, shoot. Um, She's younger, a lot younger, but – Yeah, I got her face, and I, I forgot her name. It wasn't Irene Aldana. It was um, – oh, shit. I've I forgotten. Because, and the only reason I took her is because the way she fought the uh, the fight before, and I'm like, whoa, she, you know, she caught, she kind of took MMA by the storm in that last fight, and then police just had her all messed up, and she just she had her so stifled that she could not do anything. <laughs> and police won that fight hands down. I mean, it wasn't even a contest, really. I think it went to a decision, but it was a unanimous decision. Yep. That was a good fight. It was a, a, well, not really. It was a one-sided fight. Now this is bugging me. Who was this? It's Alexa Grosso. Alexa Grosso. Yes, thank you. Alexa Alexa Grosso. And I'm going to tell you this. I didn't look that up. That That came to me. I knew that. I just couldn't. I didn't have to look it up, though. I was just getting ready to look that up. Yes, it was Alexis Grasso. Yeah. She's one of my new favorite female fighters because of the way she fought. And I'm I was just hoping after that after the defeat she was dealt with um Herrig, I was just wondering how she was gonna come out of that. Mhm. But how has she fared since then? Uh, Alexa Grasso has done good since then. She's a she's on a big card coming up against Tatiana Suarez down in um, Ooh. Uh, where they, Ecuador. So she's she's done well. So let's move to the second fight of that card. Okay. Remind me of the fighters, but. Okay, um, the second fight of the main event is Israeli Israel yeah. um, Siana and fuck dude and versus Marvin Vittori, and he took a split decision. Marvin came on strong there at the end and almost almost took it, but uh, split decision win for Israel, um, and that was you know that's how it goes. It was he it looked like he got a little tired. Excuse me. But a uh, good fight, and he's 13-0. and 0. You know, the dude's got a little bit going on, and we are definitely going to see more of that guy. Now, yeah, like you this have. fight, now, this next fight, I was sure Carlos Condit was taken on Matt Brown that got changed to Alex Oliveira at the last minute, last week or so. I was sure Condit right. was going to destroy Oliveira. And uh, I talked all over a certain website. And not bad, but I said, no, there's no way. Oliver's coming in late. 
you know, Cowboy Cerrone destroyed him. And Oliveira, I said, Cerrone, or Condit's just going to, he's going to outstrike him and get a late sub. I said, this one's not even going to get out of the second round. And I was way the fuck off. But it wasn't the illegal elbow that Oliveira hit him with. Um, beyond that, it just that was a good fight. Carlos looked good, though. He looked a lot better than he did in his last fight. Yes, yes, he looked a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very entertaining to me. Yes. Now, you know, I'm not the MMA head that you are. I mean, I love MMA, don't get me wrong, but sometimes I have a tendency to fall back into the casual fighter realm. Yeah. Where I want to see entertainment. Yeah. And then you kind of kick me, and then you kind of like strike me back into gear and like, no, dude, come on. Look at it for what it's really worth. But it was, it was, it was a good fight. It was, you know, it was more of a technical really guy. I'm more of a casual guy. That, that fight had a lot, it had a lot of entertainment value to it. Yeah, Carlos will bring that every time. He really will. He, that guy goes for it. Um, he's no joke. I still don't think he beat Nick Diaz when they fought, but that aside, he's he's one of my favorites. Now to the main event. This is another one. I'll tell you, all my picks for this this weekend were terrible. I thought Gaethje was going to win hands down. Um, I really did. I told you I wasn't going to touch this fight with a ten foot pole. Yeah. And and there was because, a good reason for that. Yeah, there was a well, very good reason because Gaethje, he lit, he lit Poirier's legs up. And Dustin never wavered. He just kept throwing that one-two, throwing beautiful combinations and whatnot. And, man, that was a good fight. It was a great fight. And then, what was it? They stopped it for a minute. I think it was um, finger in the eye. Twice, yeah. And I honestly thought they were going to take a point away. They did. They took and they a might point have. Away from okay. Yeah, round three, they took a point. And then Katie barred the door. Yeah. Poitier just lit him the fuck up <laughs> in round four. Yes, he did. I mean, lit him up. All in all, it was a great, great card. Very much so, yes. Now, if I'm not mistaken, don't we have a new Ultimate Fighter series starting Wednesday? Yeah, we might. Um, which I am probably not going to watch one episode. Um, I cannot stand Cormier. I've made that known. I, I just can't stand that guy. I'm not going to watch it. He's going to act like an asshole. He's going to try and sell a fight, which means you're going to get uh, WWE-style Cormier, not whatever he really is. I don't know what that is, and I don't care. Um, he's going to he's going to come out and do whatever he does. I don't I don't care to watch it at all. Um, I'm really rooting for Stipe. Hoping I was going to say that's who I'm rooting for, um, Stipe Moesic. But they did say 
that all the fighters that are in this have never lost uh, yet. Yeah, they call it the undefeated. That, yeah, that's kind of intriguing. It is, but then again, it's not. It's really cool and all, but everybody's undefeated when they start. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of weird records. You're going to see a lot of 4-0 and 6-0 maybe, 7-0. and You're not going to see a ton of real highly ranked guys. Well, fine, don't get me wrong. But it's just the, the normal thing. They always fall back on the drama and, and the dumb stuff, and, and it's just it's just old. They need to they need to drop the Ultimate Fighter or or do something radically different to get interest back, you know. And I think you know when they brought in the the new female weight class when they brought in the flyweight, that was an interesting season because it was a brand new weight class. Um, there's a lot of talk going around right now that the UFC wants to bring in the atom weight, the 105 pound weight class. So we'll see if they do an Ultimate Fighter for that. Um, and you, you know, speaking of atom weights, Michelle Watterson, she used to fight at atom weight. Did you know that? I heard that she was the atom weight champion in Invicta, and she said the last time she cut weight to atom weight. Uh, this is why she won't cut weight anymore. The doc were over an hour. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Yes. So she said she's not cutting weight down the atom weight anymore. That's, wow. That would make me yeah, reconsider that's... cutting weight ever again. Any any kind of weight. You and I, we've gone, I don't know, we've maybe tired this subject out. But you and I are so against major weight cuts. Mm-hmm. And when you have a person like Michelle Watterson stating that the doctor couldn't find a pulse for over an hour. Yeah. Is it really worth it to kill yourself? Make a fight? Really? Never. Never. And look at what Justin Gaethje was saying. They were talking to his coach and relaying it on on the show, being that he does not like to cut weight. He'd rather go out there as close to his natural weight as possible and just go, go at it. He said he feels like he's got more cardio near the end, and there's just not a big weight cut. And and I respect that a lot, you know. Anytime you see a guy like that, like Frankie Edgar, when he was fighting at 155, all the announcers would talk about is when's Frankie going to drop down? When's he going to drop down? They couldn't just leave it at, hey, this guy's fighting. He's not cutting weight. He's going out there fighting his natural weight. Let him fucking do it. Instead of, oh, right. he's only fighting bigger guys. He, he needs to cut weight. He needs. They're telling you. It's a culture. Everybody's telling these fighters they need to cut weight. They need to cut weight. They're not letting people fight at natural weights without berating them for not cutting weight. Because it's not a good fight for the UFC. It, yeah, it's just the way it is. They, they, It's just silly. I think. I mean, I don't know. It's, 
I'm so that's why I'm I'm so wanting the UFC to put in more weight classes. Not just UFC, the MMA in general. I think it would make I think it would make for better fighting, honestly. I mean, look oh, what it's done for boxing. Yeah, you, yeah, you have a lot of different weight classes, but dude, they're three to five pounds apart. I mean, you're not killing your body to drop twenty to thirty pounds to make a fight. You might only have to drop ten to fifteen. I mean, you and I could talk about this till we're blue in the face. It's never going to change anything. No. But that just shows me UFC doesn't care about their fighters. They're, they're all about the money. Yeah, they are. They really are. Which, wait until the UFC has a death dealing with a weight cut, and then they'll take their stance. But, it, you know, it's going to have to take a fighter to die or be seriously injured for them to do what's right. It'll be a huge issue with the UFC because they're so public. Um, everybody knows those fighters and everything. Um, and it's what's nice about it is they have doctors. I mean, look at the, the Max Holloway situation a couple of weeks ago. The doctors didn't even let him come out. They deemed him unfit during the weight cutting process. They just said no more. You know, you're you're cut too much. Um, the UFC really does have a good medical staff watching over these people. You know, you know who we need to have on. She's been on our show once before, and this would give our listeners maybe a different aspect. I don't think we've had her on this show. We had her on when we were with um, Doc of the Bay. Mm-hmm. Is bring um, a corner person and give our listeners, you know, we can stop it. We can start talking about, you know, when does it come to a point where you stop a fight? Yeah. And I'm talking about Tamri Morgan, you know, she she's a cut doctor. She, you know, yeah. she, she does lower end stuff, but that would be actually a fun conversation to have is when does, when does a corner actually step in and say, no, enough is enough. Well, like just like a couple weeks ago when, when uh, like Joe Lozon, when the corner came in and stopped that one. Yeah. But there's been nope, a lot of fights move. in between that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, maybe the corners should have stopped it because the referee sure in the hell wasn't. And the guy was taking a beating. What is no, they one, just let uh, the fighters. Yeah, the one that happened down in Brazil, uh, Valentina Shevchenko oh. took on that Brazilian lady, and I forget her name. Oh, man, I'm going to murder it, so I'm not going to try. But she outlanded her like 210 to 10, something ridiculous. Uh, yeah, the ref didn't, I mean, Yamasaki wasn't even close to stopping it. And actually missed the first tap out. He didn't catch her tapping out until she did it the second time. Oh wow! That and the UFC, yeah, Dan White says he, he's never going to have. He doesn't want. Um, I don't know if he's going to have a full say, but he doesn't want Yamasaki ever refing in the UFC again. 
And I don't know that he's been well, back since then. You know, I mean, if a ref can't step in and do his job, yeah, he should be either fired or say, hey, you need to go do some more training because you almost killed one of my fighters. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but why didn't the corner stop it? You only got to the second round, but I don't believe the corner can throw in the towel anymore. I think that's done. Only the ref or yeah. the doctor can stop the fight. Remember, yeah, I, and I think that I, compl- um, I think that's complete bullshit because yeah. the corner is the people that are working on these fighters round after round. Yeah, they can tell if they're if they're not there or not. Yeah, the corners used to be able to throw in the towel, and they kind of got away from that. Uh, the last time I saw that was actually Nate Diaz versus Josh Thompson, where Nate was getting thumped, and he actually Nate got knocked out, but Nick threw the towel in. Nick Nick Diaz, he threw a towel. His in. brother tried to stop the fight. That's good. Yeah. And that was only so, the second round. I try to get her on in the next week or two. I think that would be actually a good segment. Yeah. We can actually, you know, get you know get some corner get corner advice on a lot on, on a lot of this, and give our listeners a, a you know a different aspect than just having you know fighters or what have you that we have on. Yeah. And you can get action, an actual corner person that works on these fighters, you know, round in or round out. Definitely. And we almost had an uh, interview set up. Maybe we can have that set up. Is one of her friends is also a ref? Is a ref? He's he's an official. Nice. That you know we can actually have a combo coming from a ref side and a corner side on fight stoppages. Mm-hmm. When did they actually finally finally pull the plug? I mean, we know it was a rest. But... Before we get on to next week's fight, um, I don't know if you heard about this, but in the last two days, we've lost a couple of very good actors. Did you hear who died yesterday? Yes, I did. And it's actually one of my favorite movies. And he was actually a ex-Marine that played in Full Metal Jacket was the yes. drill instructor that got his, you know, that ended up getting killed. But, yeah, that was very, very sad. Very young. Yeah. He was only 74. Yeah, R. Lee Ermley. I always thought it was yep. Emory for some reason, but Ermley. Ermy. And uh, he was 74, had Complications from pneumonia, and as we all know, that's a, that's a rough one on even able-bodied young people. Yeah. In a lot of movies, he was in a lot of good stuff. Very good actor, an actual marine. And today, did you hear who died today? No, I didn't. This guy was one of my favorites. <laughs> you ever watch the show Night Court? Yeah. Harry Anderson died. The judge. The yeah. judge. Yeah. Whoa. Um, he wasn't that old, you know. This is embarrassing. Well, uh, he was 65. 
Actually, no. I think he just helped. What? Miami's kicking the dog shit out of Philadelphia, ninety-one to seventy-five in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. Alex. Well, Harry Anderson was sixty-five, so he was a little bit older um, than I thought. But he was a night court, you know. Cheers. Uh, we all remember oh, him on Cheers. He was the he played Harry the thief. He was, yeah, he was funny. Yeah, I don't, nobody knows why he died though. Um, I guess that's kind of a mystery. Uh, they'll figure it out in the autopsy. Yeah. So he died in his home. Well, I just I hopefully he went peacefully and didn't suffer. Yeah, exactly. And also, it looks like uh, Planet of the Apes. You remember the movie Planet of the Apes? It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but yeah, I remember a little bit of it. Looks like it's finally coming to fruition because four baboons collaborated and escaped a biomedical research facility. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So the, the apes are going to take over the world. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> only Brian Only you would bring up that type of shit On a fucking MMA show Hey You know the actors We're MMA fans but You know what Some something transcends sports And Arlie Ermley I'm always going to get his name wrong That guy if you have not seen Full Metal Jacket especially if you're our age there's something wrong with you, because that was a great fucking movie. And Well, and I'm ex-military, so for Florida. an actual... Um, You're just an Air Force guy. You're not really it doesn't matter. Military. I serve. I serve. Huh. It doesn't matter. Um, you never but even flew at, in but a taking plane. an actual military drill instructor to put him in full metal jacket was epic. Yeah. Yeah. Now how, they can't how do good the, he was there. Well, back in the seventies, you were able to treat camp guys like that. You can't do that yeah. anymore. And there was a reason they did it. They didn't do it specifically to humiliate you. They did it to weed out the guys that couldn't quite handle it, and knowing that they were going to see much, much worse if they actually went to war. Well, yeah, because that was in the you know. When that movie was made, we were in the middle of the Vietnam War. And, well, no. okay, my dad. We, were, we weren't really. They were making it in that era, but that's not when they actually made the movie. Well, I know, but even my dad said, yes, that's the way the Marines were back in those days. They were hard yeah. on their recruits. And what they're yeah. doing. They're just trying. To, they're they're trying to break you down. They're trying to weed out the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And of course, they had one bad apple in that whole platoon, and he took his life and took his own. The guy yep. was. He should have been put in a fifty-one fifty ward, but they never did. The guy was crazy. Well, he wasn't crazy until they beat him. Well, the, he he turned crazy. Yeah. He turned psycho. But honestly, he ended up turning out to be, before he killed himself, 
probably one of the best recruits they had because he was that Marines want you crazy. And you saw what it actually did for him. They they made him better, but he he went too far. Well, yeah, he he lost his mind. Yeah. What was the name of that? Uh, what was the name of him? Um, Gomer Pyle, but I don't remember his actual. Gomer name. Pyle, thank you. And that was just his nickname in the show. Obviously, it wasn't the actual Gomer Pyle. No, but um, I shouldn't actually have to explain that. Sorry. But he, but there was actually a quote in that movie. Um, later on in the, you know, before he turned off the killing himself, and he goes, "Hey, Gomer Pyle, you could actually be a sniper in my corps." That's his after. I don't think he's a sniper. Took- I don't think well, he was a you, sniper, you, but uh, he was impressed with him at some point after berating him the whole time. And, and yeah, well, and that's when he, you're like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, what well, a movie! And then Joker though. took him over. Joker told taught him how to fold his laundry and how to take care yeah. of his guns, and you know the whole ball of wax. And then he turned in to be an actual, probably one of the better recruits. But then his mind was so far gone at that point that he should have been he should have been put into fifty one fifty. He was he turned crazy. Yeah, it was not all there in the beginning too. I mean, what a good movie though that was. It was really good. It was really hard to watch. Well, the it's, the first hour and fifteen minutes of it was great. The last yeah thirty forty minutes of it sunk. They should have just kept that movie at boot camp. And that would have been one of the best war movies of all time. Still is. Still is. If you ask anyone that went through boot camp at that at that era, they said that would have been my dad. Um, my next door neighbors, they were in the army. They were uh, uh, Green Berets. They said that mm-hmm. the way they did that movie was spot on. Spot on. on how hard they were on their recruits back in that, you know, during that time of the Vietnam War. It was spot on. But they can't do a lot of things. They can't do a lot of things to you like they did back then. No, no, they have to be nice. They can't yell and cuss at you or something like that. No, no, they can yell and cuss at you, but they can't get up in your face. They can't punch you. They can't degrade your mother. They can't talk mm-hmm. about your family. I mean, they can't. They're doing that to break <laughs> you down. Was that the movie? Was that the movie where they asked if his mother had any kids that lived, or was that Strike? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That was oh, that was Full Metal Jacket. And okay. he looks at Gomer Pyle and he tells Gomer Pyle, he goes, "I think you got the raw end of the stick. You look like the wet spot on your mama's mattress." <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh yeah. Oh man, I thought I think in Stripes is where they asked if you. They were asking one of them if the mother had any kids that lived, and, and the guy didn't get. Well, it. no. Uh, which is another good boot camp movie uh, for a whole. Well, yeah, and then, that well, well, and, that, and then there comes Joker at the beginning. You know when they're you know in, you know right there at the beginning, and he's fucking yeah. yelling and screaming. Is that you, John Way? Is this me? <laughs> Who the fuck said that? Oh, Who the fuck? 
Oh, God, he just goes off. Oh, yeah. And then a Joker oh, admits it. He punches him in the stomach. He goes, I might invite you over to fuck my sister. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that guy was that oh. guy was perfectly cast in that show. And, uh, you know, he was also in that movie. I don't know if you ever saw this, The Watch, with Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, um, Jonah Hill. No, I've never seen that you movie. Ever seen that's terrific. It's a little bit different. It's a, it's a comedy, but it's also, it's a little slower. Um, it's a typical, you know, Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn movie. They're not slapstick comedy like all day, uh, hilarious, whatnot. It's it's a, it's a slower laugh. It's really good, but it's not, it's not a dodgeball type laugh. You know, honestly, you watch the only it. movie I've ever seen him in was Full Metal Jacket. Oh yeah, no. What? Get a hold of the watch. It's a great movie. But you know me, I'm not much of a movie goer. Never really have been. Well, you know, you've known me since I was 14 years old. Yeah, yeah. I've never been one just to sit down and watch a movie. But there's Trek. certain movies out there that caught my eye. Star Wars, Star Wars is one of them. Star Wars. The Rocky trilogy. Um, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Kind of one of um it's not really a horror but it's a very good thriller. Jacob's Ladder was one of my favorites. That's a weird. Yeah. Very weird movie but very good. Yeah. All right, so back to a little bit of MMA. We got like 2 minutes left. Um let's cover Fight Night 128. It's going to be on this coming weekend, April 21st. Um that's headlined by Edson Barbosa and Kevin Lee. Both lost their last fights. Edson lost it to Khabib. Kevin Lee lost it to Tony Ferguson. So that's kind of an interesting matchup. What do you think there? Oh, I don't know. I still want to, I mean, isn't Ferguson, doesn't he have a tendency to back out of fights? No, no, no. Ferguson beat Kevin Lee last time. Ferguson's not fighting this. It's Kevin Lee versus Edson Barbosa. Oh, 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 oh. I thought uh, Ferguson was fighting. I'm like, well, he's got a tendency yeah, yeah. to back out of fights. They've been trying to get yeah. Khabib and Ferguson for how long? Four times, yeah. But you you got to actually listen, and then you'll know what's going on. Nah, shut up. Um, <laughs> that's actually a tough fight to call. I, I think Barbosa all day. To be honest, I was thinking the same thing, but you just know how MMA works. Yeah, I'll say Barbosa all day. Um, Frankie Edgar versus Cub Swanson. What do you think of that? Oh, one? I'll take Cub Swanson all day on that. Really? Even though Frankie yeah. already beat him. Yep. Frankie Frankie finished him last time they fought. I don't care. I think I think Cub Swanson's gonna come out of here like a fucking um a bullet shot out of a shotgun, dude. A bullet out of a shotgun, that would be something different. But okay. Um Well, you know I know what you mean, I'm just joking. Now, I don't think so. I think Frankie's gonna win. But I I like your thought though. I like Cub a lot and I like that fight. Um Let's see, Jake well, okay. Sherman. Okay, okay. 
Here, here's the bet on this. Yeah. This is coming off our show. Just on this fight alone. I'm going to okay. take Cub Swanson off this. But here's the bet. Okay. Now, you still have to drive because I don't really have a job and have a lot of gas money. Coming down for the May 12th event, that's um, the Nunez fight. Should be a nice weekend. The loser's got to buy dinner. Okay. Steak, corn, cob. Salad, you know, the whole, you know, nice barbecue dinner. The loser's got to yeah. buy dinner. Stay here for the weekend. It doesn't Sounds matter. Good. I mean, we both ben- we both benefited good food, so it doesn't really matter who yeah. wins or loses. Yes, yeah, true. So that that's a friendly bet. The loser's got to buy dinner. That's a good bet. The loser's got to buy the steak, the corn, what whatever the winner wants. We just can't really break the yeah. bank. We can't go lobster and shit. Yeah. Okay, so but, next one. Chase Sherman versus Justin Willis. I'm going to take Justin Willis. Okay, I got Chase all day. Uh, David Branch versus Tiago Santos. I don't know much about these fighters. David Branch is the former World Series of Fighting uh, middleweight and light heavyweight champion. Came over to the UFC, lost. He won his first fight, but lost his second fight versus Luke Rockhold. I got a picture with that dude. He told me not to post it. Uh, I really wouldn't post a picture of you standing next to Luke Rockhold. I just, I mean, everybody knows you're ugly. But standing next to a guy that looks like that, just asking to never date again. <laughs> Am I that bad looking, dude? Uh, no, no, it's just anybody, you know, just any guy, you know, me too, you know. Well, you're fat and ugly. I'm just skinny and ugly. You're just really ugly. Uh, but standing you're next fat, to that guy, ugly. Not... And I... Well, you're fat and ugly, and everyone says I'm a meth head. I look like a meth head, and I'm ugly, I'm ugly so. <laughs> I'm just so skinny. Yeah, yeah, but standing next to that guy is just not a good idea, you know. Yeah, but I, dude, I wanted his entourage. His entourage was badass. <laughs> what do you have? Like twenty women? Fuck, probably more than that. And they were all probably late twenties, fucking like yeah, um, Victoria's Secret models and shit. Me and Chris were like, holy shit. Yeah. And Chris was like, he goes, I'm surprised he even took a picture with you. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I'm, he goes, I'm ugly. He goes, but dude, you were drunk and ugly that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He had a drive. He had to drive home from San Jose that night. Oh fuck. That was a, Ooh, that's that was a long a drive. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. Dude, 90, that sucked. Okay. I remember so. that you and I, I think you and I took that drive. Was that the night that um, we got the flat tire in your Ranger oh, in yeah. Oakland? Yeah, yeah, that was a good good spot too. That was scary. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Thank God I had okay, to play. We didn't have to, 
<laughs> okay, okay. MMA stuff. Here's a good one. Brett Young versus Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Brett Sterling. Brett Young is undefeated. 15-0 and 0 versus 14-3 and 3 Sterling. Sterling. I want yeah, to see Brett here. Jones take his first loss. Yeah, Jones. Uh, Dan well, Hooker. Well, you know me. I always. Uh, I love. I love. I love the underdog. Yeah, I don't know if Sterling's an underdog. He's good. Uh, Dan Hooker versus Jim Miller. I don't know much about those fighters at all. Okay, Jim Miller's been around for about five hundred years. He's good. Now here's a good one. I'm just gonna go. This is the last fight I'm gonna do. This is on the UFC Fight Pass. Aspen Ladd, 6-0. Very, very good fighter. She's out of Invicta. She's had, I think this is her second fight in the UFC. Um, she beat Sajara Eubanks, who was in the finals until they, they pulled her out from weight cutting. Um, she's beat Amanda Cooper, who's in the UFC right now. And she beat Lena Landsberg, just dominated her in her UFC debut. She's taken on Leslie Smith. Very, very good fighter in the UFC. Very, very tough lady. Good boxing. Trains with great. They're the Diaz brothers. <clears throat> Going to be a terrific fight. Cannot wait. I don't know why in the world that's on the fight path. That should be on the main card. It really should. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going with Lad, but that's a tough fight. Lad, this should I'll be a fun card to watch. Yeah, she's she's a beast, Jason. That lady is a beast. She's fun to watch, man. She just looks like the nicest lady in the world and just gets in there, and she's a beast. She goes after these women. Shit. Yeah. But that's on the fight pass, though. Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to call me. So it starts at 3.30 on Saturday. 3.30 p.m. So what you're going to have to do is call me, and I will uh, FaceTime you, and we'll watch that. You'll, you'll watch that fight. During the fight? Perfect. Yeah. I should be yeah. back from hunting by then. I'm, I'm planning on going turkey hunting and pig hunting on Saturday morning. Okay. My ranch you is got to find a new you. wife? No, my, <laughs> my family ranch is selling, so it's kind of like the end of an era. Oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah. Over after twenty years, I think it's been more than that. I, you had it back when we when I met. You didn't have it, but I, I you know what I mean. Beautiful place. Yeah, well, beautiful area. Well, the um, when I killed that little spike fork when I was with you, mm-hmm. and then uh, we went into our ranch to skin it. Right? Yeah. How long ago was that? Mm. Years ago, maybe. No, it's been longer than that. No, I wasn't mar- I don't about think I was married. I don't think I was married then. I had already had a kid, so. Yeah, but I don't I'd think say... I was married. I didn't. I got married in '03. No. That was the first. Um, that was the first experience where you and I had actually bone out of deer. That wasn't very pretty. Yeah. Within 20 years. It's been less than 20. Yeah, because I actually should have killed the biggest buck I've seen in my fucking, in, in my A-zone career. 
Yeah. That deer was huge. Okay, so After I- we're gonna get back. No, no, we're gonna get back to a little MMA here because we, we're gonna get off topic way too much. Now, two weeks from from last Saturday is gonna be a big one for Fedor, or for not for Fedor for yep. Bellator. Uh, Bellator one ninety eight Fedor versus Mir. What do you think about that one? You know, I don't know. Um, they've been wanting this fight since Fedor was in Pride. Now, they're both older fighters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just take Fedor because I'm a Fedor fan. But this fight can go either way. I mean, it's the wonder, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough fight because, like, when Fedor fought Mitrione, they both landed a big shot and knocked each other down. It's just Mitrione got up a little quicker, you know. Frank Mir hasn't won a fight in in almost three years, and because he's he's got he's lost Andre Arlovsky and Mark Hunt, and then he failed a drug test, so he's been out for quite a while. He hasn't fought. For over two years, Frank Mir hasn't. Fedor has been active, at least. Um, I did see Frank Mir when they were doing the lead-up. He looked really chubby. Um, I saw him the other day on Brendan Schaub's podcast, the behind-the-scenes. He looked really good. Frank Mir looked like he's in much, much better shape. So I'm, I'm sure he's taking this seriously, and he's really ready for this. I, I'm not sure, man. I don't know that Fedor can take a punch anymore. But grappling-wise, I would be terribly interested to see these two guys grapple. I think that would be a blast. Frank Mir oh, that's is very, a very good grappler. They're so old. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm going to take Fedor just because I'm a Fedor fan. But this is a fight they should have had about 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would be. I I really like this fight. I think I would have been better, like you said, years ago. But uh, we'll see. I'm I'm kind of – I'm always rooting for Fedor, but I like Frank Mir, so we'll see. Hey, well – I wouldn't expect it to get out of the – However it goes, it's going to be a good fight to watch. Yeah, yeah. So, that's not this coming weekend. It's the weekend after. And uh, with that, we will leave you with uh, – what are we going to leave everybody with, Jason? You go, you go for it this week. What's that? What do you want to say this week? We're, we're, we're about done. we got a couple of good events next weekend and a good Bellator and a good UFC. I mean, it's going to be a good weekend of fighting. Yeah. We've got all week full of uh, basketball playoffs, and, you know, we'll probably talk more about that next week as well. I'm going to try to land that uh, land that interview with Timry. Okay. That might, be, that might not be for a week, you know, maybe another week out to give her some time. But I'm going to start hitting up. 
Kevin Ferguson Jr. That guy was that was impressive. Yo, baby slice would be a lot of fun to have on. Yes. And I would like to actually, you know, kind of take it a little old school and start talking about his father a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you know how that goes, though. I don't know yeah, if that's a great idea. He, well, no, but he talks about his father very openly. Yeah, but that's always tough. So, but no, you know what? Well, you know, we'll we'll see what we can do. But uh, other than that, um, you guys have a great week. It's going to be a, another fun weekend in NMA, and we'll see you guys next Monday. All right. With that, yeah, we will see you Monday.